So Money episode 1285, Intuitive Healer, Emily Ahrens. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. If you have your vision of how you want to feel, what you want your life to look like, it might be within this organization and it might be elsewhere. And can't we be open to, not not that the grass is always greener somewhere else, but wouldn't it be nice if, that's how it, like people who like to journal, it's a nice way to start your journaling. Wouldn't it be nice if, Wouldn't it be nice to make more money in 2022? Wouldn't it be nice to have a higher purpose in your career, in your life, in your relationships? Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. We're going to talk about something that is kind of at the intersection of science and I guess you could say faith, believing in yourself, but also knowing that there is validity to visualizing your goals and going after them. There is proof in that practice. Our guest today is an intuitive healer for empire builders. Emily Ahrens is best known for getting her clients out of overwhelm and burnout and unlocking the wisdom within to create alignment in their business. But we also talk about how to create alignment at work. If you work for a company, how to make big leaps within organizations. For over two decades, Emily has been practicing healing work directly with powerful visionaries and teaching them how to tap into their intuition to activate quantum growth in their business. Emily brought her healing business online recently, and she has more than 10xed her revenue to build a million-dollar personal brand this year. So she herself has experienced this so-called quantum growth. Here she is talking about her own journey and how we can follow suit. Here's Emily Ahrens. Emily Ahrens, welcome to So Money. Oh man, I am so happy to be here for Anoush. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So I'm just happy to be here. I love when I have a super fan on the show who also happens to be such a remarkable, successful expert in your field. Uh, You are a sought after intuitive healer for female empire builders. You don't just like wake up wanting to do this. I mean, this is, I would imagine, a culmination of, of a lot of years of experience and trying different things, but probably you had it. Like, no one, not everybody can be an intuitive healer. What is that? about you that makes you an intuitive healer. Tell me about that. So I have been studying spirituality and healing work basically my entire life. I was that weird kid. It was like, I'm going to save up my allowance and buy books on homeopathy and crystals. And <laughs> I, I, instead of going to college right after high school, I went to learn how to do hands-on healing. And um, this is where I knew I was a little bit of like a special snowflake because we did this exercise where you do a visualization. What does your future self look like? And everybody one by one is going through my salt lamp and my beautiful tapestry. This is what my room looks like. And I'm like, so I saw my name in big lights. I think I did this wrong. Mm. And I always knew at a very young age that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I always had a big vision for myself, but I didn't always know exactly how that was going to pan out. And 
you know, truth be told, I was the quintessential broke healer for a very long time until I really started praying for a different solution and things to start mm-hmm. changing, which I think is like exactly what we're going to talk about today. About yes, we're going to talk about specifically, we're going to talk about how to make quantum shifts in our income, in our careers. And something that you just said, which is that you knew you had a bigger vision, a bigger like kind of role in your life, but you didn't know how to get there. And, and I believe that's one of your first pieces of advice when you're working with clients who want to consider a quantum shift in any realm, but we could like, you know, focus on money here is that you cannot be attached to the how of the process, but you have to know uh, what the big idea is you, and you actually have to envision it. So can we walk us through that very first, that very first step? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just to back up a little bit, quantum shifts, quantum healing is uh, basically what we define a quantum shift is a sudden, highly significant advance or breakthrough. And physicists who study quantum shifts have studied how particles of matter can jump without space and time. And there's some really cool books out there that if you really want to geek out about quantum physics, you can. I am not a quantum physicist (laughs) by any stretch of the term. Um, But it's really, you know, basically seeing something in your mind's eye before it's been created. And the fact that you have an idea in your head or a vision in your mind, I'm a highly visual person. So I typically see things in visuals. So the fact that you have the thought or you see the vision, it means it's already been created out in the quantum field. Hmm. And so there's particles out there that already exist that say like, it's done. And so part of what our job is, is not to go, well, how do I get from here to there? I want to have a life that looks like Beyonce's. So if I just see it, and this is where a lot of people get caught from the movie, The Secret, the book, The Secret of like, I'm just going to wrap my hands around this steering wheel and I'm going to have a Ferrari. And that's not exactly it because yes, we have the vision, but sometimes we get caught in the how. And what happens is you hold the vision and then you get back into like your life of being a human who doesn't have a Ferrari or a life that looks like Beyonce's. And we get kind of caught off. We go, well, it's never going to happen. So we give up on it. And we let go of that, that space. We let go of that vision and we go back to what we see. And what we see in our reality is a representation of who we were and how we have been in the past, not where we're going. So that's part of why it's really helpful to have that vision and hold that. Um, because really those scenes are quite magnetizing. The more we visualize them, the more we can hold that space. And I know there are brain scientists out there, and I'm not a brain scientist, that show how these visuals in your brain and going through these mental exercises. We know pro- professional athletes do this all the time. They do the mental rehearsals. Musicians do the mental rehearsals and they show a significant improvement from their craft just going through it visually in the mm-hmm. mind. Well, wanting to be Beyonce, I mean, I don't think that's realistic for anybody because there's only one Beyonce. There's only one me. There's only one you. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about the, you know, making realistic goals. I mean, there's, but then you hear these crazy stories, right? Of like Jim Carrey. Uh, I remember he said that he envisioned or he wrote a check to himself for like $20 million. And he's yes. like, this movie I'm going to make. And he was broke. And the next movie I'm going to make, I'm going to make $20 million. And then he got the mask. And yeah. he got $20 million. And so crazy things happen. Sure. Um, so tell us like how to know when we're actually setting realistic goals and how to not also sell ourselves too short. Yeah. Well, I think, so part of what I do, um, I coach entrepreneurs, really successful entrepreneurs and some women who are just coming up the ranks. And we have a tendency to want to create a realistic goal because 
then if we don't hit it, we don't feel like such a total loser and a failure. And if we set a realistic goal, it means that we're doing the things that we've already done that's going to result in something we've already had. And the problem with that is we don't really grow. And so these realistic goals, the only reason we're really making realistic goals is so we don't feel like a total failure. But <laughs> if, we, if we set this big, crazy, audacious goal, and I'm personally the type of person, I like to go for big air. And I, I do that not to hit that goal, because frankly, if I have a goal of, you know, I want to make another million dollars in my business this year, but I only make 500 extra, 700 extra you're not going to see me cry. And that is not something I'm going to be reporting to the news that like this terrible thing happened to me. I am going to be excited at who I've become in the process. So it's a part of it. We, we make it mean so much. You know, if we set a goal, and we don't hit it and people get really caught up. And I mean, we're approaching the new year at the time of this recording. And this is when people start to look at goals. I know you have your 365 day calendar out. People are going to be like, all right, I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to get a calendar. And by the day 180, I'm going to have hit this milestone. And we make it mean something if we don't hit it. So we, if we do hit it, we are a good person. And if we don't hit it, we are obviously a bad person. We internalize that we make all these stories and there is no meaning ex except for the one we give it. So mm. if we can simply say, I'm going to go for a big air and I'm going to push myself to create things I've never had and be the person I've never been. That's mm. really the point is who we become in the process. Yeah. You have this quote, Tanya Dalton, uh, is it a book on purpose? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The goal isn't the goal. It's who you become along the way. Oh man, that I, I think everyone can get behind that because yeah. you know, Things don't always work out the way that we think it's going to work out. Even when there isn't a pandemic, things still don't, <laughs> they don't work out uh, as, as we have envisioned them. But it's important to just kind of, I guess what I'm hearing is like sort of appreciate the steps along the way and the transformations, the little transformations, just pushing yourself towards a bigger goal. There is success in that process. For sure. And I mean, that that's the whole point is, and, and I think I've, I've shared this with some of my coaching clients as well, is like most of the time I don't hit my goals, just like want to be real upfront. Most of the time I don't hit my goals because they're so audacious, but they are like incrementally quantum leaps ahead of where I would have set my goals had it been realistic, which is why every year in business, I'm making these quantum leaps yeah. and it's not incremental. And so that's really the determining factor of, you know, we're used to, you know, at our job will give us an incremental gain of like a 3% raise. And we're used to climbing like each rung one after the other, and then you get the next promotion and you get the next raise. Um, and similarly with entrepreneurs, you know, increasing their rates of like, okay, well, I guess I could just increase it $5 or $10. And these small shifts, they are better than what it was. But if we're really wanting to become the person of our wildest dreams and have that lifestyle that we are projecting ourselves as, we got to do things we've never done. And what quantum shifts do is it, it allows you to skip the rungs and go from the bottom rung to the top rung. So let's make this really concrete. And I yes. think you're the best person to, to, to obviously talk about this, but your own experience too illustrates this. Yes. So in describing an example of a quantum financial shift, tell us your story because you lived this. Oh yeah. And I'm still living it. And I, and I love this. So when I, uh, 
when I, like I said, I was sort of a self-proclaimed broke healer and didn't really didn't have much. And it was the same thing over and over and also taking advice from my other friends who are also broke healers and sort of staying in this middle place of mediocrity and just barely getting by. And I actually just led a retreat last week and I realized the other massively fascinating thing is I also didn't try anything different. I did the same thing season after season. I wasn't throwing spaghetti against the wall and trying things to see where my edges were with like, that was a total abomination. That was a total failure. And that worked really, really. I didn't do either of those things. I was right in the middle. And so I would exchange my services for money and it was the same thing in and out. And then I realized uh, something has to change. It was after I had my first son, he's now six. And it's that Mac, I, I forget who you had on your podcast, but talk about, um, the, the book author or the person who publishes books, um, Rochelle. Yeah. I think that's who it was. Um, talk about that magical thing that happens when you become a mother that all of a sudden this like fire gets lit under you and you go like something matters even more than me and mm-hmm. this person. And it was, my son was about a year old and I was like, I can't keep changing my, trading my time for dollars. I want to make a big, a big impact. I know I'm supposed to make a big impact. I want to help contribute financially to my family, barely scraping by. And I'm really strung out. And my, my vision was big. And so when I was starting to commit to that and be really relentless in the pursuit What's of- What's big? Is it like, I want to make $10 million? I want to- My my vision was to hit six figures. I wanted to, that was like coveted, you know, that entrepreneurial first milestone. Threshold, right. Yeah, and and it was so unrealistic. I was consistently, my, my prior year, I had made $13,000 all year in my business. And that- that ending of that year, I said, I'm going to commit this year, January, I'm going to start. January, I had brought in $1,200 pretty consistently, pretty much on par with what I had been doing. But my goal was $100,000. And that's a very unrealistic goal, right? If you've been consistent with these like $1,000 months, you're not anywhere close to this. Um, and again, about it's not a rung of a ladder that we're climbing. This is a quantum shift to literally 10x your revenue. And what happened was month one, two, and three, I was just barely slightly increasing. So we're at March of that year. And I had a visit from my mother, had a hard conversation. She said, listen, I think you should focus on your family. Clearly this little business of yours and really amounting to much. And you should probably throw in the towel. And I said, but look at my QuickBooks. Cause look, mm-hmm. there's proof. And this is the thing is it gets a little hairy in the middle when you're making quantum shifts, it gets messy and it doesn't really look like much. And so one of my business core values is about celebration. Cause even if it is a tiny little shift, it's worth, it's worthy of celebrating because those tiny shifts are actually evidence of something massively magical happening. And I said, just hang out, hang with me for a minute because something's happening. And then I started to get inspiration. And this is where our intuition kind of shows up is that when we can kind of get quiet and listen, we can get outside of the realm of what we already know, what we've already done and start to look at outside resources as inspiration. And what dropped in was some other bigger programs, a retreat, a bigger coaching program, higher price point for different things. And by that June, I had already had my first $30,000 month. And then it just, con- no, I know it, it literally was like, boom, like a, like a hockey stick. 
And it was like sell it out program, sold out program, sold out program. And it was, I think part of this was my commitment to the vision. And it was also to do with my identity. And we have an identity that we believe ourselves to be. So I was the broke healer. I was the discount queen. I would give you an opportunity to work with me and then I would discount it 30% off for no reason other than my own self-worth. And I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. struggle with their own self-worth and valuing and looking externally and say, do you believe I'm worthy of this price? And and I was really doing that. So it was my commitment to that vision. And I didn't let myself get stuck in the how. I would take each inspired thought and inspired action and start moving on it. But what happened Mm -hmm. is at a deep identity level, I let go of that broke healer. I let go of who I thought I was. And that also meant a real big disruption in some of my close relationships, because also people around us who love us dearly believe us to be one version of ourselves. Uh They don't necessarily see Mm -hmm. who we're growing into and they are not necessarily, it's not their job to buy into our vision. Um, But, but what I knew is I, I was committed to being a better version of myself. And I started to step into that identity of this global phenomenon. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I know that the support around me, I started to cultivate support around me who could see me. And I mean that like the capital C, um, to see my vision, to see what I was creating and the times where I wasn't believing in myself, that they were there to help support me. And I still cultivate those relationships. Now, every close friend of mine is a highly successful entrepreneur, businesswoman, visionary, um, and they're here to make big waves too. So mm-hmm. part of that that quantum vision of I'm going to 10X my revenue, of course there was doubt. I was like, is this really even possible? But my commitment could either be to my fear of, I don't think it's possible, I'm not sure, or my commitment to my faith that my success is inevitable. And so I think everybody has that option to either focus and commit to faith or to commit to fear. Um, So we have to actively participate in recommitting to that faith and being relentless in that pursuit. This is a a strategy that may work. Would you argue would make what works better for entrepreneurs who are more in control of what they earn? Or can this be done in a work setting at a company? Oh, it can totally be done in a company. And this is the thing because it may not be, again, let go of the how, because when we are really comfortable, we're like killing it in our job. We love it. We love the company, the values. We're so aligned, but we know we are destined to be something greater. It's always this or something better. And so we don't need to know how it looks. We don't need to know, okay, well, it's going to be from this position to this position to this position. What if... Because I worked for a globally traded bank. I was on the trading floor, like this weird woo-woo girl. I was working on the trading floor in sales. And they're like, you should get your Series 7 and work for us. You're great at sales. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm not. But but I got to see that fast-paced environment. And even in a bank that had this long history of systematic ways of doing things, I was in fixed income, which was a startup within the bank. It was a complete departure from the way that things usually went but it was a startup. It, it didn't it didn't exist before we created it. So I think there's opportunity within organizations to have miraculous shifts, to have startups within real strict organizations. But also, if it's if you have your vision of how you want to feel, what you want your life to look like, it might be within this organization and it might be elsewhere. Mm. 
And can't we be open to not, not let the grass is always greener somewhere else, but wouldn't it be nice if that's how it like people who like to journal, it's a nice way to start your journaling. Wouldn't it be nice if, and I have a friend who's, um, she's a really uh, experienced lawyer. She has this really intense law firm that she works for, and she's kind of ready to make some big shifts. And I said, listen, you don't have to know your exit strategy and which different law firm you're going to work for. But what if you just set up for how you want to feel, how you want your clients to react? Do you want to still be trading your time for dollars in the same way? Or is maybe there's something better? Because as we're starting to feel into what is my future, it can start to create itself, whether it's within the organization or outside the organization. And, um, and I have a real great example that happened just this year. One of my good friends wanted to make another 750 K in her business. That's like, okay. Was it already a multi-million dollar business? No. Incremental increase or was this like, that would be a quantum shift for her. And, and, uh, that would be a big stretch here for her. If that, if that happened in a year, that would be a quantum shift for her. And she has consistent referrals, referral, referral. I mean, she doesn't have to advertise. She's got a great thing going, but that would have been a huge shift. Mm -hmm. And even throughout the year, there were things that she was going to sell this thing. It just didn't end up working out. But what happened was in um, the summer, this past summer, uh, she has a second property um, in, in Northern California. She lives in Southern California. And the fires were getting really, really close to her property, enough to scare her. It was close to their road. And there's only one road in and run, one road out. Really terrifying. And it's a big, it's a big property with uh, a lot of trees. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, and so that inspired her. And so she wasn't like, I got to make, a, I've got to make 750 in my business. It's got to be in this way. She basically wrote it down in a post-it and threw it in a jar and like, didn't even think about it. It wasn't like she was working hard on it and doing visualization practices. It was a thought and it was a feeling like that would be great. And she fully detached to how it was going to look and what it meant about her and how she would do it in her business. She wasn't planning anything. But what happened with the fires is it inspired her to take action mm. in a different way than she had normally done. And this is also part of that quantum shift. I look kind of messy in the middle. She almost lost her house. And this is a house that had been in her family for generations. Mm. So what I'm also hearing from you is that sometimes the stimulus for wanting this quantum shift is like an external factor, but it's very personal. For you, it was becoming a mom. So the arrival of your child. For your friend, it was climate change and the, you know, the fires. Um, I would say that this entire last 20, you know, the last 20 months for many people has been a time of reckoning. We have this mass exodus from the corporate space and the, 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 you know, the full-time working world, they call it the great resignation. And I think it's, uh, you know, we've had a lot of time to sort of reflect on what's really important to us and what we're really going to, what we are and aren't going to do. Mm -hmm. We're not going to work for a, a crappy employer, underpaid and bad benefits or no benefits. The pandemic has really been that catalyst. Can you desire a quantum shift without this sense of urgency that seems to have like yeah. been in a lot of these stories? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that's part of it is it, it doesn't, you don't need to know the how, and there isn't necessarily like a perfect win. You know, we, mm. we are all, I think this is also comes down to that comparison as humans, like you can't, you can't help but compare yourself and see what the Joneses are up to and what they've got going on and what the timeline that they hit their bajillion dollars. But 
what we have to understand is that we are all, we are all unique snowflakes. We all have our own unique life path, our own trajectory. There is a divine plan for us all. And so we can hold like, okay, in this year, sure. But also there's kind of a bigger plan. That's God's plan. That's beyond our, all of us. And with, with my friend's story, she ended up selling the home and after all of the fees and the deal closing, and she did have that cash in hand and mm-hmm. she was shocked and surprised because she forgot about it. And she also wasn't really expecting it to happen, you know, that instantaneously. It's like, that'd be super nice, but she didn't expect it. So we have to understand, you know, that there could be times that it could happen quickly for us. And also there might not be that in you know, we all want that instant gratification. Don't get me wrong. Um, And even in the midst of my 10 X, it didn't look like that. It didn't feel like that. I mean, that first 30 came out, that was like, I think it's happening. Um, But it didn't also look like that. You know, it still wouldn't have put me on track even still. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's part of making these shifts is we have to understand that the failures, the setbacks, the difficulties, those are, again, the evidence of making a quantum shift. Um, but we can easily see it and make it mean we should give up. These, oh, it didn't mm-hmm. work out really well. And I'm literally right now in the midst of a quantum shift and things are like just being disrupted in a lot of different parts of... Mm-hmm. Um, because you're getting outside of what the norm is for you. Yeah. You know, we started this conversation, Emily, talking about the science behind this and the physics and the sort of the evidence of these quantum shifts in science. And yet you also bring up faith. You also bring up God. You also bring up this sort of like higher order. So I guess what I'm, my question is, is this more scientific or is this more spiritual? I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm left with that question. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I have the, the, the right answer for that because I think it's a little bit of both. And, um, you know, I, I have a very unique upbringing in that I didn't have a strong, uh, uh, Dharma, well, not Dharma. Uh, I didn't have that strong tie to a specific faith when I grew up. I had a little bit of a smorgasbord and where a lot of people have been indoctrinated in a specific religion and this is the way. Um, and there's the science side and people who are just believers. I I think it's a little bit of both, um, you know, where we, we have faith, but we also have proof of this is a real thing. And I kind of geek out with people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, who are like, here's the scientific brain scans that literally show what's actually happening. I totally geek out because all of this energetic stuff can be so ethereal and, Mm. and so loosey goosey. And, and I'm, I've, I'm more known as like this down to earth approach to this stuff because I, I can't even really resonate so much when we talk so like out there. And so when I see brain scans and when I see quantum physics studies, I get all tickled and excited because it it's that proof that this energetic concept is a, also a real thing. We could talk for hours, but I want to leave people wanting more. Um, you have an abundance meditation for our audience. Tell us what this is, how this could help to help us along this journey of these quantum financial leaps and and where we can learn more. Yeah, thank you. The, the abundance meditation is 
a really nice way to relax your senses while also opening up to this universal flow of abundance. And sometimes we think that there's just this little pie that we have available to us. And if we take too much of the pie, then other people won't get some of the pie. But this is really plugging you into a whole larger level of there is plenty, there is an abundance to go around for everybody. And um, and it's simple as just plugging into it. And, and it's really empowering in that way. Um, they can get on my website, Emily Aarons.com forward slash abundance dash meditation. Um, it's a nice quick one too. And a lot of people, uh, I get a fee- the feedback from a lot of folks who say, you know, I've tried meditation in the past and it just doesn't do much for me, but something about yours are different. They're just something different about it. And that's true. And part of what's different is that it's the energy healing I've been doing for such a long time that I infuse that into the space. So you're feeling a different energy when you're listening to it. And it's a different experience, not just like think about blank space and then only think about bl- it's not that at all. It's um, light and easy and anybody can do it. Well, lots to think about and and good stuff to end the year with. And as we open 2022, um, this is the this is a, a good vibe. Yes. I appreciate all of this and all of your advice. Emily Ahrens, thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your year. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to Emily for joining us. Check out emilyarons.com slash abundance dash meditation, emilyarons.com. Aarons is with two A's and then it's abundance slash meditation. Emily also has a podcast called Aligned and Unstoppable. You can learn more at emilyarons.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you're having a great start to your post-Thanksgiving week. Happy Cyber Monday. And I hope your day is so money. 